Welcome, brothers, to another installment of the Iron Edge podcast interviews. We are so privileged to have our guest, John Finch, join us today to break down the father effect. So just kind of put your seatbelt on, sit back, and be ready to really be encouraged and join the journey with us. John, so we are really excited to have you on. Um, you know, we got a great connection with uh, Pastor Dwayne Deskins, who connected us. Uh, you know, he did the Courageous Men Summit. I know you were on there. and It's awesome to hear you. And uh, so, yeah, so to have this relationship start building, we found out, you know, through our talks, we share the same heart that we want to see men find and fulfill their mission. And, uh, you know, yours, your journey is, is obviously different than ours. Uh, but we want to introduce our guys to you and really tell them your heart and, of course, the father effect and all that you're doing. So uh, I'll, I'll quit talking and let you do the talking and, you know, tell our guys a little bit about yourself and your heart and your mission and those kind of things. Dude, thanks for having me, man. I, I, I love I really dig this kind of com- conversation, you know, the real authentic, just transparent conversation about men and, and everything we all struggle with. I think it's so important that we as brothers have that true band of brothers, right? The brotherhood of the guys, the 3 a.m. buddies, who when we're tempted to look at porn or drink or do something we shouldn't be doing, we can call that guy and he can talk us off the ledge. And I think that's why what you guys are doing is so important because not many men have that guy that knows all their junk, that knows all their stuff, right? That that they can really rely on and, and be held accountable with. So Uh, Love what you guys are doing. My own story is my dad committed suicide when I was 11. For 30 years, I bought into all that the world says you need to be as a man, uh, success, power, money, all that mess. And I was an angry, pissed off dude. You know, I was, uh, I was angry and I medicated it with alcohol. I suffered from the uh, father wound of abandonment and betrayal. I just couldn't understand how my dad could leave me, right? How he could choose to commit suicide and leave me and my brothers and mom. So I was mad at my dad. I was mad at God. And so I had a lot of anger. (laughs) You wouldn't have known it from the outside looking in uh, because I was a pretty easygoing, jolly guy. But underneath, man, I was a boiling just volcano. And so there came a point about 12 years ago now that God just took me to a place of brokenness. And it's where he had to take me because I was having too much fun running from him. Um, I had an unlimited expense account. I was traveling the country as a traveling sales guy. I was the guy I could walk in a bar and just say rounds on me for everyone. I mean, it was crazy. And it was really the perfect storm. Um, my alcohol issue, unlimited expense account. And so it was just a constant party. And, and when God took me to that place of brokenness, um, you know, he, he got my attention. I wasn't the man I needed to be, the husband, the father, 
none of that. And, and all this realization of me having my own father wound and something being there. For, I, I knew I'd been introduced to the concept a couple of years prior to that, but I thought I could just man up, suck it up and figure it out on my own, like most of us, right? But in this moment is when God, I tell people, I finally totally surrendered to God, gave it all to him. And he started just doing this real transformation in my life, started going to seeing a counselor. And, and ultimately, I found forgiveness for my father. And that's what radically changed my life as a man, husband, and dad. Wow. Just, yeah, super powerful stuff. And of course, I want to point everybody to go check out the video on YouTube, the free movie. Uh, the father effect. Um, and so we'll, we'll make sure to put those links, of course, in the notes. Um, but can you, can you just break down a little bit that, that father wound, what does that mean? So guys understand kind of where we're coming from, because we're, we'll talk through some questions and stuff along the journey here. Just want to make sure they have that baseline. Of what, what is that? Yes. Yeah, so one of the guys we interviewed for the, the movie, John Eldridge wrote Wild at Heart. And he's probably one of the more well-known guys that really brought the father wound idea to the world really uh, in the way that he did in such a big way. There's been guys that have written about it many years before that, but because him and his platform, his profile, he really uh, helped drive it home to a lot of guys. But essentially it's, it's something your dad did or didn't say to you or did or didn't do to you. So for example, maybe it's a father who never told you, I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you, right? Never heard those words that's a father. Maybe it's a dad who actually physically or, or verbally abused you. I mean, literally physically abused you. Maybe it's a dad who lived right there in the home, but chose to do other things rather than spend time with you growing up. So it, it plays itself out in a number of different ways. And with women, kind of the same thing. There's some different, there's some similarities and also differences in the way it plays out in women. But for men, so many men that I run into are angry and they can't even tell you why they have no idea. And, you know, many, many a times in, in this generational curse, if you will, I talk with men and, and maybe it's an alcoholic who's struggling and I'll say, Hey, you know, did your dad drink? He's like, yeah, you know what? He did. He liked to drink. And I said, well, did your grandfather drink? You know what, by the way, he did. Yeah. He was a drinker too. Well, they come to realize there's this generational thing that's been passed down and it was their normal. They grew up in this household of just abusive, whatever behavior. And they just thought that was normal. And it was okay. Well, people and men start to realize, well, hold on a second. That wasn't okay. It was my normal, but it wasn't okay. And it was dysfunctional. And it, and it wounded me. There were several things about that that wounded me. So the father wound is, is pretty prevalent. Eldridge would argue that every man on this planet has some type of father wound to, to the degree of how deep or not so bad, who knows, but, but yeah, every man has some type of father wound because we as fathers aren't perfect. I've wounded my kids, right? I'm a jacked up flawed and perfect dude. So I've wounded my kids in some form or fashion. I, I think I wound them less now than I used to <laughs> before God kind of started doing his thing in me because I walk in a different kind of daily awareness. Yeah, that um, is very true. I, I've dealt with my own stuff with my dad and everything. Totally different now than than when we were growing up, of course, now that we're adults, um, both adults. But uh, 
I think I also I drove them to to quite a bit <laughs> to quite a bit of it myself. You know, I wasn't the best kid in the world for sure. I had my my own uh, uh, issues, but I have seen that um, with my own son. You know, growing up, I was like, I'm never going to do that to my kid. I'm never going to do that to my son. I'm never going to. And then, of course, you know, as as he tests me, of course, which he does, you know, sometimes I I lose it, you know, and and end up saying the wrong thing, you know. And uh, uh, what I found funny was as that was happening, uh, I ended up calling my dad up. I was like, you know, I, I know you weren't perfect or whatever, but I'm sorry for putting you through hell and <laughs> pushing you to the edge as much as I did. Um, but I do think no matter what we do, you know, of course, none of us are perfect and that that stuff is there and it happens and there's got to be some kind of healing. So I'd, I'd like to hear more about the healing process. What have you identified? How, how does that happen? You know, when where do guys go when they ha- when they identify that that's happening, you know, in their life, they have that hurt. You know, how, what's that healing process look like? You know, so the, there's a, a few different ways. Uh, it can very much happen through this kind of group, like a band of brothers, right? The, the healing process and every man's journey is different. It took me three months and it was brutal, dude. I mean, it was the most difficult, probably three months of my life. I'd go off to counseling and I'd tell my wife, Shh, don't tell anybody I'm going to counseling because, <laughs> you know, there's this, this myth of if we go to counseling, we're somehow less of a man and jacked up, whatever, which is just a bunch of crap. But I went to counseling once a week. And every time I walked out of counseling, God was showing me something. He was connecting the dots and helping me understand more about my dad. The counselor, I'm a huge advocate of Christian counseling. And for me to try to figure this thing out on my own is is impossible. It can't be done. You need to have a guide, somebody to help walk alongside you, to help you start to process, to ask you the right questions, right? There were doors I didn't want to walk through. As I'm sitting there in a counselor's office, I can't even say the word dad without weeping because of what that represented in my life and my earthly father. And I was so bitter and angry at him, right? So that counselor helped me walk through some doors that I had never walked through. He encouraged me. He called me out on my BS. He did all of those things. But at the end of the day, it was me and and really leaning into God and and saying, okay, Lord, first of all, and this is the first step, you got to admit you're wounded. Most guys will not do that first step. So we, we never get to the second, third, and fourth step. The first step is admitting you're wounded. The second step is inviting God into that wound. The third step is seeking counsel, right? Hopefully a, a psychologist or a Christian counselor is preferably the best. And then the fourth is ultimately forgiving. Every man's journey is different. It took me three months. I know guys that have taken a year, two years, three years, four years, five years. So I don't want to set anybody's expectation as, well, that guy was three months, so I could probably do it in less or whatever, you know, how how we are competitive, right? But just keeping that in mind, it's a journey, bro. It is a process, and and God works in all of us a little differently. What I'll speak to, to to your point as far as being a father himself, and and dude, I've blown it with my kids. I've got three daughters, and I've lost it, and I've said stupid stuff, and I've said stuff I shouldn't have said one of the many, many lessons I've learned along the journey, and we got to interview experts, just a lot of ordinary people that had extraordinary stories. 
every interview I did, there was a nugget, something I was able to take back into my own home and change my own life and legacy as a father. And one of those, the biggest nuggets was when I do mess up with my kids, it's taking that kid aside pr privately and saying, here, you know what? I am so sorry. I lost it. I said this, whatever. Dive into why you screwed up. I was angry. I had a bad day at work, whatever that is. And then say, I'm going to do ver the very best I can not to do that again. Will you forgive me? Because what that does is two things. It helps them see that dad's human, right? If they think he's still perfect, they're going to find out eventually he's not because none of us are. And it also allows them to see that it's okay to apologize when you make a mistake, right? This whole world is, is there's this idea, especially with adults even now, which is being passed down to their kids. I don't have to take responsibility for anything. I can blame everything else on everybody else, right? And so this is, takes them out of the victim mentality, shows them, no, the victim mentality doesn't work. That's just an excuse. We're not doing that here in my home. We're going to own up to the mistakes we make. We can ask for forgiveness and we can still love one another. Man, I love that so much. Uh, it, so I just read this book by Donald Miller. It talks about hero on a mission. And it's literally that. It's like there's the victim and then you, you go from the victim to the hero. Um, but for that hero to uh, be able to be successful, he needs a guide. So that's one of the things that I heard from you is we really need trusted advisors in our life, whoever that may be. And certainly there's there's professional, um, there's there's the church, there's, you know, there's a lot of avenues out there. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here on Iron Edge is resource men. You know, we had um, we had Pastor Jordan Roberts, who's uh, associated with Healing the Heart Ministries, uh, Living Waters Ministries and those kind of things. We had Aaron Canonis that does. Uh, you know, healing through service for all of our military guys out there. But the whole thing is, yeah, don't isolate, get help, and, you know, be honest with, with yourself and with those around you, um, you know, without just totally replaying the movie. I just, the guys need to go watch the movie. It answers so many questions. Um, I, I will say that one thing that really I, I walked away from, though, uh, with from the movie is that, you know, there, there are a lot of guys out there doing something about it. Like they see the issue, they see the needs of men and they're given their lives. You're you being one of them. And we, of course, we commend you on that, um, but we're not alone. You know, that kind of told me that we're not alone. There's guys that are like, Hey, there's a problem. Um, but there's people out there doing something. And so that was encouraging to me. Um, but I wanted to kind of segue into the key component to all this that I heard is it's all about forgiveness. And um, so I want, if you could talk about that portion of it, that that thing being what just unlocks everything, kind of what you've discovered and what you see in there. Yeah, and, and I'll speak real quick to what you just said too. You know, if, if guys hear nothing else from today, they need to know they're not alone. And, and I preach this and I talk about it everywhere because guys especially, with the isolation being man's greatest enemy. It is, it is our greatest enemy because of what Satan and the enemy is able to do to us when we're isolated, right? And the temptation and all the, 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 the things that happen in that environment. So to know first, it doesn't matter. I've heard story after story, some of the craziest stuff you could ever imagine in men 
once you start to begin to share your own story and you, and you get real about your stuff, it's amazing how God uses that for men's walls to come down and for them to open up and go, first of all, I thought I was all alone and I was the only one that was messing with this stuff. That was the only jacked up one here, right? Because that's how I, what I was convinced of, that everybody else had this manhood, fatherhood, husband thing figured out, and I was the only jacked up dude on the planet. Well, as I started sharing my story, it was like, no, every stinking dude I talked to had some kind of story, right? Um, so that's that's something I just want to make sure guys understand and know. Um, the other Amen thing is the, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the forgiveness piece, man, it is, it's such a radical thing that most of us, I don't think, truly understand um, for a couple of different reasons. The first reason is, I think it's difficult for so many men because there's a lot of cliches out there, but most men don't want to do the real work it takes to forgive, right? They don't want to go there. They don't want to get emotional. They don't want to do any of those things that the world tells us if you do, you're somehow less of a man, right? And it's prideful. It's I'm, I can man up, suck it up, figure it out. Uh, I don't have to play around. I don't need to mess with them. But for me, in the, in the process and the journey I went through, as I mentioned, the three darkest months, man, it was, it was totally, incredibly difficult. But it was in that process, that, that in that pain that God purified me, right? There was healing in that heartache. And God began to show me the real me. And he started doing things in me that I never imagined were possible. And, and, and I was so much stronger than I ever thought I was because of what God was doing through me. So for the get the forgiveness piece is, it's important. There's a lot of men I've run into. You know, I thought I'd forgive my dad till I watched your movie. And then I realized there was still some stuff there, right? And so we can say we forgive, but I believe a man who's truly been transformed, there is a humility in them that is apparent and obvious to everyone else. And so usually that's my number one thing to see, to really know if somebody's, if a guy's gone through a transformation, you know, experienced real true forgiveness, et cetera. But, but forgiveness itself, I think we got to play it off and act like it's not a big deal. But for me, dude, it was like, I had been walking around for 41 years with 10 black, big, hefty garbage bags on my shoulders full of junk and all of a sudden, when I forgave my father, man, that just melted away. God lifted the burden, and it I'll never forget walking out of the counselor's office. The grass was greener, the sky was bluer. And I'm not just saying that. It was, it was, it was surreal for me. And it was, it was just a God, just a God thing and something he can only do. I think um sometimes I see this as first off, my my situation is nothing near compared to what what you've had to go through, of course, losing your father. But um, with my own, there's so much stuff there and the bitterness and the anger uh, clouded my judgment so much that I actually skewed my view of who my dad actually was. It was so weird. Once I did the same thing, once I said, okay, <clears throat> I need to, to forgive him and, you know, move forward. It's like this scales came off, right? I, I could I saw him in a totally different way and I could look past it was just those things that kept blocking me from being able to see who he actually was the way God sees him 
and and to see some of the good things that he had done and and the, the things that he had contributed to my life you know so i i agree with you 100 percent that forgiveness changes everything not only in your own life but i mean the way that you, you view other people and treat other people and and i totally agree with that on the you see something in somebody who has actually gotten to that point you know where they let it go but um so on this journey that you've been on, you know, and, and, and trying to, um, it sounds like it was kind of a longer journey for you, for sure. I'm sure, I mean, and, and rightly so, you know, I mean, that's a hard thing to deal with, um, or to grasp and understand, uh, when it comes to others that you've, you've worked with, that you tried to help out, um, and then, and then also not just men, but, but women as well, uh, do you find, do you find them to be receptive of what you have to say, or does it take take some time for them to actually process and and come to that realization uh, that they might have that father wound in their life? Uh, does do you see a like a progression, like a typical progression, or is there like a an immediate, hey, th this makes sense, and then they start moving forward? Yeah, it's probably a combination, but the I would say it's when it comes to men, especially. The majority, you know, it's, it's, I, I I'm kind of like a farmer, right? I plant seeds um, and I like God kind of do the rest. And so most men, I probably present the idea to and talk about in, in depth there, you can see the wheels turning, right? And they won't get it. Or the, again, there'll be the pride thing or, Ooh, I don't want to go that, that deal. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, no, I don't want any of that because I'm going to start crying and whatever. And so most of them will, will, okay. You know, and then I, maybe I get an email a week later, two weeks later, a month later or whatever. And God's done something with that seed and started to process and then start to try to figure some things out, you know, for, for me. And, and, and this is something I, I need to say, because it's a huge catalyst uh, for my own journey of forgiveness. And I think it's a huge catalyst for many men and their journeys is one of the things I came to understand, and I speak about this, is my dad could not give what he did not have, right? So the more I started looking into, as I started this journey, I started having these long conversations with my mom. We had never talked about my dad. I started having long conversations with my uncle, who was his best friend growing up, his running buddy. The more God showed me and I heard stories about my father, Growing up in the middle of New Orleans at 16 years of age, on his own, his mom left with a truck driver. He had been married. She had been married five times. When I start to get the background about my dad, he didn't have a chance, dude. He literally didn't have a chance. And so God showed me a compassion for my father, which is what eventually led to me to forgiveness. And so I think as men, you know, if you think you have, there's something here, right? It's and start asking people around your family or that knows your father. Start asking questions, man, because it does two things. It helps again connect the dots. Because you know, I referred to my dad as a coward and a sob, and I, I'd call him a lot of different things. You know, in that thirty-year period, and now I think of him with nothing but compassion and love. You know, because again. I know he couldn't give what he didn't have. He did not have a clue. He didn't have a role model, stable role model teaching him how, teaching him how to be a man, husband, and father growing up. So 
there's that. And then it's, it's just trying to understand that if, if in listening to stories about your father, I think all of us have an innate curiosity to know where we came from, right? To know how we're made. Well, like, like what's our family history, the legacy, all that. So I had this, I had this, I mean, the more questions I started asking, I was like asking, I was reaching out to everybody, <laughs> you know, my family, they're probably going, dude, what is he doing? He's a rat man, heard from him in years. Now he's calling me. And, but for me, it was, I wanted to know who my dad's best friend was. What was his favorite ice cream growing up? Who were his running buddies? You know, I wanted to know that kind of stuff. And then as he was an older man, what, what he did for a living and what kind of businessman was he? So there was all these questions I have that I think all of us have, but we just need to kind of put away the pride and all the other stuff and just start digging in and, and, and asking those questions. I think that the quote from the movie is about forgiveness and it's kind of like this is where maybe that humility piece you're talking about is that a real man cries for his father's wounds not the wounds from his father and so, yes yeah, so dude it there it's it's actually a and i memorized this quote it's gordon dalby and i love it and I've, i i talk about this quote all the time and it says a boy cries from his father's wounds a real man cries for his father's wounds. And dude, that is that in a nutshell can summarize <laughs> so much, especially in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that really that's the that gives the answer on how to move out of the victim, the victimhood, right? Understanding that, um, yeah, <laughs> your dad didn't get it all either. And, uh, you know, even if we had good dads, uh, they're not perfect. You know, but thankfully, you know, we have a father in heaven, you know, the, the, the one guy that was on there that talked about being raised with a good dad and what, how his dad actually ultimately pointed him to the father and literally wrote that to him. I, that was just so amazing. Um, so, yeah, so, so good moving into that forgiveness. Um, let me add, let me add something else there, too, before I forget about it. Yeah, I think it also goes the other way. So for us as fathers, right? with our own children. Something I learned also, and that's been a huge piece for me in this journey is sharing some of my own stories and some of my own issues with my kids, right? Age appropriate, obviously, but like when my oldest were like 13 and 11, 13, 15, something like that, I started sharing just bits and pieces. It wasn't like I sat down and I just poured it all on them. <laughs> It'd be probably a little overwhelming, but just little by little, started having these conversations about my struggle with depression, with alcohol, all the stuff that I had dealt with in the past and still deal with to this day, to some degree, right? Feelings of unworthiness and guilt and shame. I mean, I found the gun my dad killed himself with two weeks before he did it. So there's, there's, there's all this stuff. And, and when I say I found forgiveness and healing, and I have completely, but there's still some things I struggle with, right? The unworthiness and, and, and guilt and shame rears its ugly head from time to time. Now I know and I have the tools and coping mechanisms to defeat it a lot easier than I did before. And it doesn't hang around like it used to. And I, I can recognize it, right, when it's coming. But it's, it's in sharing some of our own stuff. There was one night I was, I was laying my kids down for bed and they were probably eight, six, and like two. And uh, we laid down and they said, dad, what's your first job? And I started telling this crazy story about working at Chuck E. Cheese and having to dress up in the rat costume and 
just the insanity of having to make like 200 pizzas, me and a buddy that day and how I was all hot and sweaty and these kids are pulling my tail and the head's so big on this stupid rat where I can't even see and it won't move. And, and they were just laughing. And like three hours later, bro, we're still talking about stories about my next job and this and that and the other. And my kids were eating it up. And so having those moments with your kids, whether it's once a week at night, laying down with them, whether it's just going to grab an ice cream, whatever, just sharing bits and pieces of your, your own relationship with your dad for them to see, oh, you know what? Maybe this is why dad struggles with his anger or with his temper or his patience or whatever it is. For you to share some of those stories and how you grew up and what your normal was, as dysfunctional as it may have been, it helps them to understand you a little better and, and have compassion for you too. Yeah, and I, I, I literally wrote this down, like, we need to forgive ourselves because you can watch that and you can start going, oh man, I've screwed up my kids so bad. Like, and we need to recognize that we're not perfect either and forgive ourselves because I, I think I posed the question, like, how, you know, how do we live without all that regret? You know, once it's kind of revealed to us, and then it's like, oh, shoot, you know, what did I do? You know, so that kind of answers answers that too. Just yeah, no, dude. And you know what? Forgiving yourself is a big part of this. And, and hear me. I'm in this space and I live in it, right? 24-7 for fathers and the father wound and everything. So I find myself, you know, going there sometimes. And, and I'm not going to play off like some inspirational speaker. I don't have any regrets. You know, that's crap. That's BS. I've got stuff that I wish I'd have done differently, but I don't linger there, right? It's it's good for us to look at our past, just don't live there, right? Because there's things that I learned and I know my behavior from the past that I don't want to repeat, especially with my kids. So learning from that is a great thing, but forgiving yourself at the end of the day, it does kind of go back to, you know, my dad couldn't give what he didn't have. Well, you couldn't really give what you didn't have either, right? So the forgiveness piece there is just as important. So I, I know we have the movie to go to when we want to look at, you know, we can share that with our guys and, and our whole goal here is to resource, of course, the guys in our group and, and beyond. Um, but what else, what else are you doing if they were looking for more information on, on how to go through this process and find more information about what, you know, what you know, since you're living in this space, like you said, uh, where would they go to do that? And, and what can you provide at this, this point? for them if they're looking for for help you know we've actually got a small group curriculum uh on our website that's offered and it's fairly cheap i think it's like 40 bucks 40 or 50 bucks or something uh but even that you get a guy reach out to me i'll give it to him for free man it's not a big deal i mean that's that we're a ministry right a 501c3 so it's like hey let's help some guys uh, we also do have a book uh where i dig a little deeper and it was it allowed me to do a lot more and write a lot more, put a lot more thoughts on paper than a movie. You know, a movie, you just can't, it's just tough to put everything you want to talk about in a movie. <laughs> you know, it takes too much time. The movie would have probably been 12 hours long or something stupid. Um, but we've got the book, we've got uh, the small group curriculum, you know, what I would advise. And if, if you have guys that are interested, tell them, reach out through the, the website, I can connect them with counseling uh, groups that do this kind of stuff. I've got a couple of friends of mine that are really good and they're really up to up to date, if you will, on all the fathering and fatherhood stuff. Um, 
there's the American Association of Christian Counselors, I think also has a website that they dial in specifically to your area code or zip code. There's another one I think called BetterHelp that I just heard of a few weeks ago. I think it's betterhelp.com. Uh, so there's a lot of different groups out there from a counseling perspective. Uh, and and, and I, here's what I wish. I wish I could just take, and, and this would be a quick fix for everybody. But he, here's my own story. I walked into my pastor's office when I knew there was something to this, and I had to start this journey. And I, I finally surrendered. I go over, met with my pastor, and it was interesting. I thought he was just going to love on me and go, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to help this. We're going to do this. None of that happened. He let me walk out the door, and I talked to him years later. And he said, John, I needed to know, you needed to know that you were serious about this and that you were really going to take the steps to do what you needed to do to get it done. You know, he said, I didn't want to baby you. And he goes, I needed to know, first of all, that you weren't faking, you know, fake it till you make it type deal. And this was real. So for men listening, you're not going to be able to rely on anybody else. It's you've got to make the decision and take the step yourself. Nobody else is going to help you. It's just like an addict. I can talk to an addict till, they're blue in, till I'm blue in the face until they decide they want to get help and take that step and move forward in the journey. I can talk all day long. but I say all that to say there's a lot of good resources out there, but for men listening, it's like, bro, this, this is where the hard work comes in. But, but the hard work that I did for three months and plus some, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'd do it a million times again because of what God showed me in my life. And you can ask my wife, she saw the radical difference in me because I was a jerk. I was an absolute jerk. And she saw the difference in what God was doing in me. And so just be encouraged. It, it's possible, but it's hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's difficult, but it is the most rewarding work you will ever do because you're doing it for you now, your family now, and for generations to come. And there's nothing more important than that. So literally my next question was going to be, you know, okay, we've talked about the movie, but let's talk about some of the, the nitty gritty stuff, you know, the hard stuff that, you know, the church mask, I think is the way the term from the movie when this should be the safest place to fail, I think is how he said it. And yet we don't get what we need. Um, so, so now that you brought it up, you know, what does that look like today? Uh, how, you know, we, me and Pete have said multiple times, we are all for the church, but we recognize that it's imperfect men that are running these things, right? Uh, trying to bring about God's perfect plan. Um, so, so talk to the guy, cause we, the reason I bring it up is not, again, not to bash on the church, but we have a lot of men that have been frustrated, disenfranchised, that deal with this stuff. So talk to that guy right now, if you could. Well, first of all, I'll tell you, it's interesting. Most pastors, and this is not an exaggeration, most pastors have their own father wound and are dealing with some of their own stuff. And in a lot of cases, it's why they've been called into the ministry right? It's their kind of, well, I got to go help some people because my life was so messed up or whatever the case may be. And, and so most pastors, when it gets to the nut cutting stuff, are not going to want to go there, right? When, especially when it comes to the father wound and, and things, because they don't want to appear vulnerable, transparent, get emotional, all that stuff. You've got to get with a group of guys, another guy, start off with one dude, whether he's at your church or not, 
that you can have honest conversations with um, and dig in with, right? Your, your, your guy that you can, again, 3 a.m. buddy, you've got to get that relationship. Uh, and, and what I would recommend in so many cases, it's the older guys, you know, uh, there's this thing for me and it's, uh, I had a, a couple of grandfathers and both of them kind of passed away when I was fairly young. I mean, in my, you know, teens or twenties, I love listening to those old guys talk and there's so much wisdom in what they have to say. And they've already paid the dumb tax, right? They've already made all the mistakes, right? That we haven't yet. So finding an older gentleman at church or in your neighborhood or whatever, that you can say, hey, and you'll be blown away. Most guys don't want to do this. Go up to him and say, hey, man, can I meet you once a week for coffee? And can you mentor me on this whole manhood thing or father thing or husband thing, marriage thing, whatever? And I think you'll be blown away at the number of guys. They'll say, yeah, absolutely. Because they're longing for that. They're longing for that brotherhood, too. They're longing for that, that time with guys. Uh, I just started this, the, our small group curriculum at our church, and we've got about six guys. And I had a guy last week, he goes, dude, I'm craving this. He goes, I, I'm, I need this. And he was talking about the group because it's a no BS. Nobody's going to judge people if they drop a cuss word or say something. It's real, it's authentic, and it's transparent. And that's what guys want. You get that relationship with other men. That's the game changer. And, and there's so much that God does in that and through that. He's speaking your language, Pete. He's, he's yeah. speaking in your exact language. I don't have to say anything now. We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> he said everything I wanted. No, we, we talk about that on a consistent basis on these, these podcasts because that is such a problem, you know, and just being able to be authentic men. Authenticity for me is like the number one thing God's pushed on my heart for, for the past couple of years because I wasn't. I grew up not knowing who I was, I was a complete douchebag and just did not portray myself. And I, I couldn't let people see who I was, right? Uh, because I didn't know. And it, it just came out horribly and I tried to cover things up and it just made it worse. But uh, I think through the military and a few life and death situations and stuff, God was just kind of like, hey, this is super important. It was super important to the people I was working with. They needed to know who I was. We couldn't be keeping secrets from each other but it was more important first off with the way i treat my kids and my family and then doing it just even something like this there are so many personas out there and we're, we're actually i'm writing a book on this right now it's called killing the christian persona um there's so many personas out there and so many people can do that on social media and all these other things that people don't even know who they are they can't be authentic they don't know how to be authentic we're trying to build this through this this platform you know with each other it's like don't don't lie be honest with each other the more honest you are the quicker that stuff comes up we can deal with it and move past and sharpen each other right and so uh, uh yeah you're definitely speaking our language here that's what we like to hear but uh i'd like i'd like to give you you know of course the last word if, if, if our guys come away from this with anything what what, what would you want them to come away with uh, what would you want them to take away from this so they can use it to identify that that issue and, and tackle it so a couple of things is is you're not alone understanding truly believing that and i and i hope the men do i hope they walk away from this going oh you know we're all jacked up we're all broken we're all you know misfits if you will 
the second thing is to not believe the lie. And this is, I think, the lie that most men believe. Others will not like me if they truly know me. It's something Eldridge talks about in the movie, and, it, and, it, and it's true. We, to your point, we put on this false persona, this mask, because we want to pretend to be somebody we're not. And I did that for 30 years, and I was really good at it, really good at it. Um, but it's, it's the, I was so afraid that if you really knew me, if you knew the real me, you wouldn't like me. And that is one of the biggest lies that the enemy will convince you of. It's when you're real with others, man, that's where you're going to understand and know men, you're going to bond and have relationships with men that you would have never in a million years, if you wouldn't had those honest conversations and even confessions about some of the own, your, your own stuff that you're going through. So no, you're not alone. Don't believe that lie and um, find your band of brothers, man, find your band of brothers and, and literally commit yourself to those guys and don't depend on the church. You know, the church is a great place to maybe find those guys, but don't depend on the church to do any of that stuff for you. You've got to commit to it and do it on your own. So that was a pretty amazing, um, you know, this guy's got a, a full-blown movie about this. The cool thing is it's only 15 minutes for people who are busy and it really is extremely impactful, uh, impacted my life for sure. And I'd recommend that you all go watch it, uh, at the same time, you know, dig into, to what he's talking about a little bit. Uh, I think we all have some of those issues, you know, and, uh, we could definitely uh, use some help in overcoming that. And it really does change the way that you view the world, uh, your family, your kids. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things about this. It's not just about you and your dad. It's about your legacy. And so uh, dive into it. And if you need to connect with John, we'll have his information uh, here. You need to connect with him. And uh, we'll see you next time. Everything seems wrong. We're still